Hello and welcome to The Ground We Share uh, with myself, Ian Stewart, and my special guest tonight is Danveer Singh. As always, we are looking to improve our understanding of the different belief systems uh, around the world and, and in the, the is focusing in the city of Edinburgh. Um, so, Danveer, I'm going to start just by asking you a question about your childhood and, and, and your upbringing in, in Edinburgh, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, I was brought up in Edinburgh, actually in Leith, lived in Leith all my life. So you're a Leither? I'm a Leither, yeah, true Leither. Um, so yeah, I was born in Elsie Ingle Hospital, which is no longer there, and uh, raised in, in a Punjabi family. Mum and dad originally from India, um, so they looked after us quite well, because um, they'd been in for a while. When I was born, I've got four big brothers, so plenty of experience. I think they came in when they were six-year-old, so okay. uh, with the house I was born in, I was there for... Uh, 30 years. Wow. Yeah, so there for a while. And was faith always important to to your upbringing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We were, a um, dad and I were definitely Gordwara Gores, if you want to call it that. He loved going to the Gordwara and, you know, felt it was like a place to go to uh, for peace and worship. Um, so we used to go along. Um, I'd be lying if I said I've enjoyed it when I was young, but it was a thing to do, you took your kids there, but we used to just meet up with friends, it was a bit more of a social gathering for, for ourselves when we were kids, but we still enjoyed it at the same time. And um, was there a point where that social gathering became something else, or was it always just social gathering? Uh, I think it was social gathering for a while, more <laughs> just get to see your friends and cousins mm -hmm. and have a little chat and a bit of messing about as well, running about in all the different halls in the Gurdwara at the time. Um, but I suppose indirectly it must have affected me in some way, because um, I did take something from it. Okay. So at what point did you you progress from, well, I'm enjoying social and hanging out with my friends, to I want to take this the step to becoming, you know, a baptised Sikh, which is quite quite a major step uh, for mm -hmm. Sikhs, because not everybody has the you know the the dedication to be a baptised Sikh. Maybe you, you could say something about that. Yeah. Um... I'm not sure. I think it was it was actually one day one of my uncles says to me when I used to go to the Gurdwara, being obviously bottom, born and bred in Edinburgh and Leith and speaking pure Scottish and not knowing much Punjabi, I could understand it a little bit. Speaking it was like basically impossible. Um, I think one day when my uncle says to me, you know, you're at the Gurdwara, you're always sitting in the back chit-chatting with your friends, why don't you come forward and sit at the front? And I remember you know, saying to him, I won't understand what the, the Gyaniji is saying, the priest of the Gurdwara, and he goes, but you won't at the start, but if you focus and come to the front, you might pick up something. I think that was a changing point for me where you took his advice on board, sat at the front, and you know, now and again I picked up a few words here and then what he was saying, uh, even though it was in Punjabi, and then I used to ask um, uncles or aunties round about, or mum and dad, what did he actually say there? I think that's when it started hitting home, that this is something that I've been missing out for a long time. Okay, mm. and, and from then... Well, from from there, yeah, I just started going into looking into our, our scriptures. I wow. um, started reading like um, a prayer that we do in the evening time, um, which is a rara seb, and that's read by all Sikhs in the evening. Um, I started look, reading that along with a few others in the in the Gurdwara used to be a Wednesday class. Yeah. So even though I never knew what that was, it was quite powerful uh, for me um, reading it. And then from there, I just I felt like changes happening inside. Because wow. someone told me I heard a rumor that yeah. You used to be a bit of a kind of Michael Jackson dancer in the, in the, in the, in the clubs. Yeah, yeah. Could, could you tell us, was there a change there or, or something that happened? Yeah, I mean, that's amazing because I've always liked going clubbing because of the music. And, uh, and I suppose it was anything to do. Mm. But 
I will clarify something. I started at a very young age because I always looked quite mature for my Okay. So I think I was fed up quite fast of it, but for me, it was all about the music more than anything. Right, right, so right. yeah, I've done all that clubbing days, but I, I stopped, I think, when I was like 22, 23 years old. Okay. Okay. Mm. And, and you've, that, that void was filled by your, your spiritual activity? Is there something else that gives you that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Something very powerful that sometimes I fail to share with a lot of people that is, I was standing in a club one day and thinking, you know, am I supposed to be here? I was feeling this inner thing, voice telling me that I shouldn't be here, which I believe that was God telling me that. Um, that was maybe through reading Red Seb, that, that, you know, that uh, Barney scriptures that we read from, um, for that prayer. I think that was telling me that I look like a Sikh, but I'm in the wrong place, and that's what made me sort of change. It's very interesting. We'll maybe come back and explore more of that yeah. later. Could you tell us about your experience growing up with the minority faith? Um, obviously, uh, particularly maybe in Edinburgh, this, the Sikh population would be maybe how many? In Edinburgh? Uh-huh. Um, last time I asked someone, I think this is about maybe like 2,000 or something like is that. This, is this biggest land? Yeah, yeah, That's I think so. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely when, grown over the years. When you tend to Gurwara on, a, on, a, on any given day, it would be... Uh, so on a, on a big festival in the Gurdwara, I can say you can maybe get up to 500 people. Okay. Okay. Um, but I have, I'm definitely there's more people who don't come mm-hmm. to the Gurdwara mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the interesting thing about, I think, the dynamics of, 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 of the Edinburgh Sikh community is that unlike other um, religious de- demographics in other parts of Scotland who may be kind of... Uh, congregated together in the one area, mm-hmm. Sikhs in Edinburgh, I think, have now spread a lot further across Edinburgh. Is yeah, yeah, right? I mean, when you thought about Sikhs or Asian, it was always Leith that came to mind. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yeah, definitely, they have travelled out now, you know, as far as Delgetty Bay, um, and there's obviously uh, people in Wester Hills, all that kind of area, so as it's spread I out. Th- I, think, I think what we're thinking about is, is growing up, maybe within in the local high school I mean, how many Sikhs would there have been in your, your, your class? When I was in high school, it's funny you say that again because I mentioned Leith was quite prominent for Sikhs being there. Right. My high school was fully Sikhs. Okay, oh, yeah, very so interesting. So did, did, you, did you not have that feeling then of being in a minority or did you feel um, that there was a, a kind of huddle of you together as a, as, a, as a little group? That's a lovely question, that, because I've always thought of myself, like, I never really seen myself as different from anybody else when I was at school. Okay. I think that's quite powerful in itself. Um, I just always thought I was just a Scottish lad in schools, but I did when I got older, I did notice it that I was minority later on, I think, when I thought about it, but it's only because, if I'm allowed to mention this, is was I remember inviting one of my friends to a wedding, and my brother's wedding, in fact, and he says, I'm not sure if I want to come along because I look odd, and it was this day when it spun to me, and I says, you know, do you think I don't look odd every day? You know, so... <laughs> That's very interesting. Mm. I mean, some of my favourite images often are, 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 are seeing uh, Sikhs uh, at some of the Hibernian football matches or wearing the, 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 the Sikh turban alongside some the uh, football crest. <laughs> I'm not necessarily talking about football agencies. I think it's just something about being uh, embedded in the town and the spirit of the town. And, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, we've, you know, we've been born and bred here and we, we feel a part of Leith and we've contributed, I think, as much as anyone else, I think, in Leith, and we're proud to be a part of Scotland and be a part of Edinburgh and be a part of Leith. Great. Can you, can you let people maybe understand what, what is the difference, what is the transition from being a non-baptized Sikh to a baptized Sikh? 
I think it's a discipline that comes with it. Um, obviously, when you get enlightened and you feel God is with you, um, then it comes a discipline. So when you obviously take that oath, you are given some rules, but I, I don't see them as rules. I see them as pleasure for me. And some people see them as discipline. I see it as just a pleasure of life, um, having that strictness about yourself and it keeps you in, in, in the right track. And what does that strictness involve? Is, is it is it amount of prayers? Is it is it certain foods? What, yeah, yeah. What is so it's um, for uh, like mandatory as, as a as a baptized seat to do um, seven prayers a day, wow. which is um, roughly equates to about an hour and a half, I would say, for your full day. That's standard, um, but you can obviously add to that. And are those at different times? Yeah. So you've got five in the morning, which is roughly about an hour's worth of prayer. And then you have um, Rera's, the one I mentioned earlier on, that's about 20 minutes. And then you have the Kirtan Suhela, which is a night prayer we do for protection at night. And that's maybe like five, ten minutes. It depends how, how you read. So that's the seven basics. But obviously, like I said, you can you can add to that. Wow. Now, as you've come into, into the room tonight, you, you, it's apparent that you're wearing a very unusual type of clothing for many people here. Mm-hmm. So we're familiar with the... the the turban is Sikh square. Yeah. Uh, the other name is what the Dastar. Dastar, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're wearing. Do you want to tell us about what, what else you're wearing and why? Yeah, yeah. So as you know, as as you know me well, Ian, I so I'm wearing the the jola, which is something that was worn by the gurus, um, especially in Guru Gobind Singh's time. A lot of the the Sikhs um, wore this kind of outfit, which is called the jola, which is so it's quite long. It's one piece. Um, it's got pleats at the side. And it's buttoned up from right from the top to the bottom, um, and it, it's very, it's like quite regal, I would say, if I want to describe it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, it, is it suggested somewhere recommended that baptized Sikhs should wear this, or what is the reason for wearing it? Yeah. So, it's not, um, it's not a, a mandatory for okay. a Sikhs to wear it, or even a baptized Sikh. But for me, I feel we're always in battle. Against um, you know the five evils, which is uh, lust, greed, anger, attachment, and ego. I think having the uniform on makes me feel like I'm in battle all the time, so uh-huh. it keeps me strong that way. Hence, why I wear it all the time. That's very interesting. Mm. Um, what are the benefits and challenges from from your faith, from living as a as a Sikh in Scotland? What would be the benefits and what would be the challenges? So the benefits is for me. I. Um, as you know, I dress in this full Sikh attire. And the benefit of that is sometimes I do get stopped in the street and get asked questions. So I'm almost like a um, a visual preacher. So they see me and then they come up to me and then speak to me because of my uh, my uniform. I think that's a benefit. It gets a chance for me to then say who we are and what I do. And that we're just normal people. Just because I dress like this or I look like this, I'm not different from anybody else. So that's a benefit, I think, for me being in my faith, the way I am, personal level. Um, disadvantage that you asked me was it? Mm. So any challenges? Challenges, yeah. Um, I personally haven't received any challenges, but I hear different from other um, people in my faith, like in, in terms of family, cousins, and relatives, and that they do say they do. There's some sort of bullying sometimes going on in terms of wearing the turban or any kind of other headgear, um, the, the top knot and the pataka, which is like a headdress covering as well. I do hear sometimes in school, so that may be a little challenge that could be addressed through this, what you mentioned before, like a more diverse talks in schools and things like that. So I'd, I would encourage that, that can be done. Good. The other questions we have are, do you have any food practices? So what do I eat? Why yes, is there anything prohibited? Yeah, so um, I was given the discipline of 
not eating meat, fish or eggs. Okay. Um, it's something I naturally stopped anyway, so it was okay. quite easy for me. Um, so that that's something that we've been told not to do. But I, I don't say I can't do it, I say I don't do it, I would say more. Um, they've noticed a lot of the uh, Sikh community being involved in feeding the homeless. Mm. There have been people in the, the bridges and I think uh, another part of Edinburgh now. Cargate down Leith. Cargate and Leith, yeah. They've been handing out uh, free food to the, the homeless. I think other parts of the UK Sikhs have been doing something similar. Right, yeah. can, you, can you tell us about where that motivation to do that comes from? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is seeing someone smile when you hand <laughs> over that container of food. I think it's something in that is so powerful. And obviously Guru Nanak Dev Ji, the first Guru of the Sikhs, obviously understood the message better than all of us and hence why... We're now trying to carry on that legacy of Guru Nanak. Yeah, so we asked hands why we called it Guru Nanak's Free Kitchen as well. I think just seeing people smile and know that they're getting something from someone is such a beautiful thing. And, and not having that attitude of what you're going to get back from this, it's more just um, feeling good within of what you're doing that service for. So yeah, it's Fridays, half past five to half past six, Leith and the Kurgi. Come along and get some free food from us. There are some people in, 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 in Scotland, and it might be true to say wider part of the UK, uh, have wrongly got this image of, a, of, of alcohol related to some aspects of Punjabi culture. Is, it, is there something you'd, you'd like to say about that? Is, is, has there been a challenge faced by young people? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question, because in our culture it is very strong sort of a party, bhangra, which is Indian dancing, and uh, alcohol. And it's funny, someone told me a story once that they look at to buy a gift for a Sikh once, and for, for actually an Amritari Sikh, someone who's in, initiated in the path. And when they Googled it, uh, the first thing that came up was actually a famous grouse whiskey bottle and a gift, you know, box. So, you know, that was quite strange to see, see that. And I think it's because it came from, from India as well. The culture was a lot of... Sikhs and Punjabis used to like drinking and that kind of came over from India then came into UK so for youngsters thinking that's just the norm so to come into in, in Sikhi and become like a you know a practicing Sikh was was out, completely out ordinary because of fact all they've known is Bhangra uh, you know the, the alcohol and um, and and, and is, it, is, it, is it strictly forbidden? Is, is it one of the things you take as a baptized Sikh? Not, yeah, yeah, not definitely. So I, I don't... I've never drank, to be honest with you. I've had a little odd drink here and there before I was um, um, took Amrit. Um, but it's definitely forbidden. And it's actually written in the scriptures as well um, for a Sikh to, not to drink. Um, you two, obviously, then you lose your senses and you don't have control of yourself. So that's why it's something that's not... And also it's bad for your health as well. And is this still a, still a problem... Definitely, trying to relay that message to people in our culture, um, it's almost like you're a laughing stock sometimes because it's like such a normal thing to do. When you go to a party, there's a drink there, it's getting worse because there's so many other varieties of drinks. So I would say it's getting worse, and I've seen more um, like aggressiveness at parties now. People getting into fights more than it was before because of maybe a lot of mixing of drinks as well. Um, a bit of competition, people try to outdo other people and getting more uh, variety than other people so it's, yeah, it's becoming so how do you challenge that, that, that misconception of that it's almost part of culture and, and, and who we are how do you separate that, that idea of being Punjabi yeah. if that's part of Punjabi culture to being Sikh it's a tough one because you know what I'm not going to put Punjabi culture down either because there's a lot of good traits in Punjabi culture which I'm very proud of as well um, but I think that's going to be a long life mission to, to sort out, to be honest with you. 
When you took Amrat to become a, a baptized Sikh, did you see some changes in you before? Had, did you give up some aspects of Punjabi culture to to become a fully baptized Sikh? Yeah, naturally that happened to me when I became one with God and started understanding what our scriptures were saying to us um, from the Guru Granth Sahib. So there was changes for me, I think, the biggest change, I, again, as I mentioned before, I used to love music. And I think the biggest thing was I used to love Punjabi music as well. Um, I think because of some of the lyrics in Punjabi music, it's maybe not good for your, for your mind. I stopped that. So that was a big change for me, was the, was the music. Again, as I mentioned, alcohol wasn't because I never used to really drink. Um, so some Sikhs are against, some practicing Sikhs are against dancing because they feel like, again, you're not in control of yourself. Um, so that's something I stopped as well, but it was only for myself I stopped. It wasn't because I'd been told not to do it. So that, that was a big change. So I'd say music and dancing were the two big changes for me personally. So you don't have dancing at weddings? So there is, but again, that's more the culture side of it. Which is a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong, Bhangra is really good. It's quite energetic. And you can actually do it as an exercise as well, to be fair. So I've got nothing against it. But myself and the way I dress and the way I come across and what I preach is something I just don't do from a personal level. Some people might call me sad for it. That's up to them, but I'm really happy. Is it possible to take um, the uh, Sikh um, hymns and the, I forget? Shabbats. Shabbats. Mm-hmm. Um, I take it they're not allowed to be adapted to other styles of music, so you couldn't have a, a bangra song that that was used as a praise song like a Christian would use gospel music. That's a really good question. Someone tried something similar to that. I mean, it depends how far you're taking it. Because if you're sort of like disrespecting the scriptures and the, and the Shabbat that was come from the Guru Granth Sahib, then I would say no. I've heard some things that are a little bit upbeat, Possibly, and maybe it does make you feel like you want to dance, but it's just a borderline. You can get away with it to a certain extent. Again, personally, um, I'm a little bit against it because I've heard some really bad examples of it. But at the same time, I've heard something that's not too bad and just you can get away with it. And it's not, and it keeps a wee bit high spirits. Yeah, so it depends how it's done. Because even through Kirtan, which is the way we sing our Shabbats, the singing of the praises, um, there's some, a lot of people do it very upbeat through that, using the harmonium and things like that, which are some people even against, even some Sikhs are against that. And I, I don't think that's such a bad thing. So it just depends. It depends where, they, where they're taking it and what level it's at. It's very interesting because, I mean, I don't know if you know that, but in, in some traditional three churches in Scotland, the music um, was was forbidden. So you could sing, but you, you, know, you weren't allowed to play along oh, okay. with instruments. So... It's interesting to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Some more parallel within that. It's very interesting that in 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 Canada, I believe they've elected eighteen uh, Sikh politicians mm-hmm. uh, into the parliament, um, which I believe is more than uh, maybe corrected, which is more than the receiving in the the Indian parliament. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm wondering um, how you feel about that, or, or have you any? Have you thought about why why that process has been in Canada? Is there something you're aware of in Canada that has uh, has become a movement for Sikhs or I would say it's a Jagmeet Singh. Sikhs? I think Jagmeet Singh has basically opened up these uh, the, the gateway to say, you know what, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know what, it's encouraging Sikhs and empowering Sikhs to become and to get into politics. So I'll definitely say it's all came back to him. Uh, so would you say then that that we still lack in, in role models and 
in UK and maybe in Scotland. Yeah, definitely, I think that's what it is. You don't see many Sikhs in that kind of wavelength. If there was, I think there'd be definitely there would be a movement of Sikhs maybe going, you know what, I could do that as well. And I think that's what's happened in Canada. They're very proud of Jigmeet Singh. There's almost like, let's do what he's doing. Let's see if we can make it to the top as well and get into politics. And mm. I think people were inspired. There's so many videos of the woman that, that was challenging him and quite aggressive and, and just the way he dealt so compassionately and yeah, yeah, yeah. positively with her. Um, but in Scotland, um, what do you think the barrier is? Why, why aren't more seats coming forward for, for positions in government? I think, um, or in our police, for example. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. I think, it's a, I think it's a culture thing and the way we've been raised. I think if you look back in our history, I talk a lot with my kids actually, we've been a lot, a lot of, a lot of Asians, Sikhs as well, have been sort of mollycoddled and kept very like, in tight knit of the, you know, the family and oh, don't go into this because it's quite dangerous. That's definitely something I've experienced in my life. I think that's basically a knock-on effect, like a domino effect now to even kids now. That going to the police force, you're, you're going to be in danger. Okay. You know, going to politics, you're going to be judged. Oh. I think a lot of that. So it's, it's been kind of like we've been wrapped in cotton wool, I would say, for a long time. So I don't want to think now, maybe in this, this day and age, people are trying to maybe so break those barriers. Are there certain careers that culturally um, young Sikhs would be encouraged to go into over and above other careers? Um, yeah, I think um, become a solicitor. I've heard a lot of Sikhs saying that. Possibly doctor. That's quite popular in England. I don't know if you. Uh, people uh, seek for doctors. Um, other, I think going into uh, business as well is quite a big popular thing for Sikhs because they think it's a quick way to make it's money. Very, it's very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so, I, I mean, in, so many other factors of life we need to be looking at how do we increase that representation? Yeah. Seeing that, you know, as a Sikh, you can have a posit make positive changes being in government, yeah. um, or being in key roles, being in a police force, actually serving your community, how you can serve in a different way because. Um, the Sewa is also a very big part of, of, of Sikhism. The what, sorry? The, the, the idea of service. Oh, yeah, Sewa, yeah, Seva. yeah. Um, how do you, you know, how do you get that to transition into maybe... Yeah, no, it's funny you touched on that because I, I was saying to you earlier on in this conversation about my mission of make, bringing peace and love and trying to help people and empowering them. I'm actually currently working on a project and work through the REN network, which is the Trace Equality network, to how can we get around and, and do outreach to the Gurdwaras and things like that, or even, you know, mosques and yeah. get more people interested in coming into Scottish government and yeah. politics. So that's something I'm actually working on at the moment. Um, so we're just at the sort of first stages of it. Uh, and I'll let you know in part two what happens. Wonderful. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll look forward to inviting you back in, in the okay. future for, uh, for part two. Thank you. Uh, uh, so thank, thank you.